Today we begin our mission entitled Fight the Fight, an examination and an unpacking of the secrets and the depths and the mysteries and the work of what's called the spiritual combat. I'll be speaking this week five nights during a holy hour, five talks that are all filled with military terminology, martial terms, talk of attack and defense, strategy, tactics. But I'm never speaking about fighting in the flesh. I'm not talking about taking out ISIS or uh, the Democrats or the Republicans or whoever else might be your enemy or our enemy out there in the world. In our Catholic tradition, we're told, beginning at least with St. John in his first letter in the, in the scripture, that we have three big enemies the world, the flesh, and the devil. But even these three, singly or together, are not the main enemy. And as Father has been bragging to me about how not only holy you are, but how smart you are. And don't you dare let me down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to want one of you smart holy ones to put your hand up and answer this question. If it's not the world, the flesh, and the devil, or all three, that are enemy number one, who or what is? Do, do, do. You, good man, what's your, what's your name, young man? Harry. Harry, gold star for you up in heaven and one in my little black book too. Um, I am my worst enemy. Father Jim, who's very holy, his worst enemy is Jimmy, the creepy sucker that I've been trying to kill for 60 years. St. Paul says our obligation is to kill our old man. Now, he doesn't mean shoot dad. Uh, what he means is every one of us is split, Jekyll and Hyde. We have what he calls the old man or the old Adam in us. Who's that? Well, for me, it's Jimmy. It's Jimmy who still loves the world and still loves creatures and still loves sin, or at least has a strong attraction and attachment to sin, not like the I used to have big sins, but still lots of little sins. And probably, some of you probably have something like that going on. It's always with you. So in this combat, because the forces are equal, Father Jim against Jimmy, it's the same guy, divided. It's the same thing in you. And unless you're aware of it, you're going to get take hits. And they can be serious. So what I'm going to try and do during this week is to unpack for you some of the secrets that we didn't used to be so secret. Uh, learning the gospel in detail and learning what it means to live down here on the ground has always been a challenge for Christians. But in sometimes, some places like post-Christian America today, Wyoming right now, it's tougher than others. Why? Well, we've been ingesting and breathing in all sorts of errors and lies for a long time. Uh, and I love my country, and there's plenty of good in America. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. But we had a revolution about, uh, well, when I was a teenager, let's say 65 to 75, that would be the envy of all the Jacobins in Paris and all the Bolsheviks in St. Petersburg. Those guys pulled off pretty good revolutions that are still affecting us. But nobody has ever been uh, successful as what those guys did, our guys. Nobody has the same sensibilities. Nobody has the same perspective. Nobody, even good people, saints, 
because it was so successful. Our values were twisted so radically. Now, this might be news to some of you. I hope it isn't. Uh, but if you're a Christian, a real Christian, I don't mean a pew potato that shows up on Sunday. Uh, if you're a real Christian and you really love Jesus and you follow him and you walk holding his hand in the darkness of faith, you're a weirdo. You're a target and you belong on the margins. And this once Christian country is becoming ever more post-Christian and even anti-Christian. If you never feel persecuted, if you never feel that pressure that you're at least odd and a little bit ridiculous, that's not a good sign. That may be a sign that you really aren't following Jesus as closely as you should be if you call him yourself his disciple. So we'll have five talks. The first one tonight is entitled The Violent Bared Away. And what I'm going to attempt to do in that to start us off is to rehabilitate the ideas of being a soldier of Jesus Christ, which everybody used to be trained when I was a kid, uh, when you were prepared for, at least for confirmation, sometimes for First Communion. One of the things they taught you was, you're going to be in God's army. You have to be a soldier of Jesus Christ now and know and defend your faith. You don't hear that too much more in, conf in confirmation prep. And I know that because I got kicked out of a confirmation pro prep program for teaching it. Um, so we want to recover that. That's not a bad thing. And when, when I talk about attack, and when I talk about being aggressive, and when I talk about fighting, remember, it has nothing to do with M16s and hand grenades and cruise missiles. It has everything to do with Father Jim finally taking out Jimmy. You fighting against that person, it's still in you, at least the remnants of it, that's too attached to good things, creatures. But creatures that are good and lovable, when they become idols, which means they get between you and God, that's evil. Not the stuff, but you preferring it to him. And that's a danger for us, because we're animals, so we like the stuff here. And that's just sensual stuff, and there's all sorts of other stuff, pride being number one. So we're going to talk about the enemies and the obstacles and the plans of the enemy and our responses uh, and a general outlook, a general picture of the combat tonight. Tomorrow, our talk's entitled Pick Your Fights because we're not supposed to be dukes up all the time. Uh, there was, you want to use prudence. You want to use uh, discernment on how you fight the bad you and Remember that you have, you have dangers and enemies out there. A lot of them don't mean to be enemies, like, like beautiful, attractive things. They're not evil, but they can seduce you. They can lead you astray. So you need to be, have your lights on, and you need to be awake. And you're gonna, I'm gonna I'll talk about prudence and the subtle enemies that we have, not the obvious ones. You know, I don't think I'm going to rob the 7-Eleven today. No, I won't do that. No, the sneaky ones that look good and are good, except we love them too much, or we love them in the wrong way, or we love them at the wrong time, or in the wrong proportion, something's off. That's what evil's always in my will. It's not out there. Uh, our last three nights, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, our talks will be on the three great weapons of this combat. The first one for our Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night is the great virtue of faith, which is the beginning of getting close to Jesus. We know him by faith. We don't know him by our senses. We don't know him by our natural human intelligence. Partly, that's a beginning. Knowing about God is important and it's a beginning, but it's, it's preschool. Late, the faith I'm gonna talk about mainly is what the 
experts, I won't give you much jargon, but I'll give you a little jargon this week. They divide faith into cradle and fiducial. Cradle, C-R-E-D-A-L. It means believing the truth. What we just said when we recited together the uh, Nicene Creed. I believe in one God. I believe in three persons of God. I believe that Jesus Christ is true man and true God. All those little items, all of them, some of them very hard to understand and some of them impossible to understand, to comprehend. That's why we only can know them by faith. And that's important and that's a beginning. But I'm really going to be talking about, when I talk about faith, fiducial faith. And, and fido in uh, Latin means I believe, and so does credo, I believe, I believe. But one means more I believe in, I trust, I rely on. When Jesus says, do you believe I can do this? Give you back your sight, take away your leprosy, exercise your daughter from the demon. And they say, yes, Lord, or, you know, a little bit. Uh, he's asking for fiducial. Do you believe in me? Do you trust me? And that's what, what get, enables us to accept with intellectual assent something like the Trinity. You couldn't explain the, 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 the Trinity to St. Thomas Aquinas. An angel couldn't. And so you can't explain it to the world. Why? Because you don't get it. You can only know it by saying, yes, there are three persons. They're all equal. They are in one God. And that's, that's what I know and believe. And I don't know really what it means. That's OK. That's not stupid. It's not irrational. We'll get into that. Um, the Wednesday night, our talk is entitled Arms and Anchors. And that's the, that's the virtue of hope. Arms because you're reaching out, and what you have is really yours. But it's not in your fist. It's not in your hand. You're still reaching out. But it is yours, sure than if it was in the bank. But I prefer stuff in the bank where I can go draw on, or my wallet, or in my hands, or in my mouth. Um, this is spiritual things. This is eternal things. And it's uncongenial and uncomfortable for us most of the time until you start to really cut loose from this world. So that's hope. And uh, it's called Arms and Anchors because you're reaching out and it's yours, but you don't really have it 100% yet. You'll, you'll have that in heaven. Uh, and it's anchors because we're connected to Jesus by an anchor that nobody and no power and nothing can break. Not the world, the flesh, and the devil all put together. But you can break it anytime you want by, by a decision a choice to commit mortal sin. Uh, and then you are the big casualty in this combat forever. Um, the last talk is entitled Hearts and Heroes. And that's about the weapon of mass destruction. Do you ever think of love as the weapon of mass destruction? But it is. Sounds nuts, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, and it is the only one of the virtues that is God. In Scripture, St. John tells us, Anyone who loves is of God, because God is love. And so that's the one in the, you know, all these good to have all virtues. All the other virtues prepare you for union with God. Love is union with God. And in the evening of our lives, we, we're judged. We will all be judged by love. Did we love him, and did we prove we loved him by loving people around us? Especially people we don't like, and even our enemies. So that's our, that'll be the, our last talk. I'm here this week for you, and I'm here to give these talks, these five talks, but that's, again, that's mostly getting to know about God. Good, it's important in the beginning, but it's not near enough, and it's not what it's about. It's so that you will open up your heart 
as maybe you've never done before. You will dilate your soul and say, Jesus, I want to call you Lord and mean it. That you call the shots and I quit doing my will, my agenda, my desires, my life, my way. I want to die to me and to this world and to creatures. Uh, that's a serious challenge. And it's not a great idea and a beautiful goal and a big ideal. It's a commandment. He said, if you don't love me the way I've loved you, that's how he loved you. If you don't love me like that, you can't be my disciple. So this week, if you haven't done it in a while or if you've never done it, let's get serious about this covenant. Let's get serious about this commitment. I want to be all yours. The funny thing is, every American wants to be happy, and we get a zillion ways to pursue happiness, and none of them work. And this one never fails. So I'm here for you this week. I'll spend a few hours, you know, about 45 minutes a night, talking while our Lord's exposed and we're worshiping him. And then I'll be in the confessional after that, as long as you are here to get shriven, to get your ugly sins and your old crusty stuff that's inside your soul washed away. And if you don't have the habit of frequent confession, and I won't ask for hands because I know you don't have the habit of frequent confession. How do I know? I just got here to Wyoming. I just met you. Because I do this all over the country. And Americans don't go to confession, generally. Maybe once a year. I think we have one of those services, yeah, around Easter. Uh, I did that a couple years ago. Um, not good enough. Who, for me? Doesn't matter what I want. I'm going to give you God's will, God's purpose for you, what he desires from you. So one of the things that's a great opportunity and a great grace of a parish mission is you get to bring all your ugly, shameful stuff to a priest you're never going to see again. That's a break. I like that idea. I live with a bunch of confessors, and I'm always picking. What did I tell him recently? <laughs> and there's probably one or two of you here that actually go to Father Pete because he knows you, and you try this. Uh, bless me, Father, for I've been two weeks for my... Or you talk like this, maybe you won't know who you are. Um, come to this guy, and it's going to be washed away by Jesus' blood, and that's it. It's over. If for some reason you can't make the mission, or you can't make every night, or you can't stay after, I'm here all week uh, in that rectory waiting for you, praying, staring at the wall. Uh, call Marianne, call Father, tap me, tap Father, and let's make an appointment when it's convenient for you. And that means any time, even three in the morning, I hope not. Uh, but I'm here for you. Don't waste the opportunity to clean up whatever mess is there. And if, you have, if somebody here has not made a complete candid confession in a long time, like years, this is the time. Don't put it off. Don't say, well, maybe the next mission or maybe the next. Don't do that one. Uh, I promise I will keep all of you in my prayers. I've been praying for you since I got uh, uh, St. John the Baptist mission assigned to me, and I will keep praying for you. Please pray for me and the Fathers of Mercy. I'll see you tonight.